Prince Armand Mohammed Jordan rarely used his full title, only when he visited the country of his birth, Akramshar, a small but lucrative Middle Eastern country located somewhere between Syria and Lebanon. As a naturalized American and a mega-successful businessman, he felt it more prudent to keep his title to himself, deciding it wasn't business-savvy to advertise his heritage. Most of the people he dealt with knew him only as Armand Jordan, a sometimes ruthless and extremely powerful man who expected everything to go his way, and usually it did. None of his business associates were aware that his father was King Emir Amin Mohammed Jordan, a man who ruled his small, oil-rich country with a stern fist, a man with six current wives and 16 children. Armand was suspicious of friendship. The only person he trusted was Fuad Khan, the right-hand man whom he'd imported from Akramshar many years previously. Fuad knew all his secrets and kept them to himself. He was Armand's sounding board and confidant, always there to do his bidding. Fortunately, or unfortunately for Armand, he was the king's ninth son, and therefore considered not at all important. So when his American mother, Peggy, a former Las Vegas dancer, had begged to take her son back to America at the age of eight, the king had offered no objections. So Peggy and her son relocated to New York, and Armand soon adapted to the American way of life. It didn't take him long to love everything about America. The endless TV shows full of fun and adventure, the violent action-packed movies, the loud, vibrant music, and the girls. Ah, yes, especially the girls. They were far more forward than the girls in Akramshar. Every September, his mother dutifully put him on a plane back to Akramshar, and for several weeks he played the role of a young prince, mingling with the half-brothers and sisters he barely knew anymore. They failed to get along. The juxtaposition of his two lives was exciting. It made him feel special, different from the other kids who attended the same private school in Manhattan. He was a prince, and they were nothing. He felt superior to all of them. His mother, an extremely striking redhead, remarried a month after his 18th birthday. This time, Peggy chose wisely. She married Sidney Dunn, a very successful investment banker 25 years her senior. Armand respected Sidney. He felt he could learn a lot from the old man, and learn he did. Instead of college, he chose to go to business school, and Sidney was always there with his wise counsel. On Armand's 21st birthday, the king summoned him to Akramshar for a special visit. Armand went, reluctantly, for surely once a year was enough. However, it turned out to be a memorable trip, for the king's closest advisor informed him that in the future, the king might, from time to time, need him to take care of various business transactions in America. Armand, eager to please his father, agreed, and as a 21st birthday gift, the king presented him with a check for $1 million, money he immediately put to good use. On Sidney's advice, he invested in a parcel of derelict buildings in Queens, which a year later he turned into several apartment complexes, 
eventually selling them and tripling his initial investment. After that, there was no stopping him. He formed Jordan Developments and began buying up properties, renovating them and selling for a large profit. He was also taking care of business for his father, who from time to time needed large sums of money legitimized. Apart from Jordan Developments, he formed several subsidiary companies, including an import-export business that he had nothing to do with except in name. By the time he reached the age of 30, he was acquiring hotels and apartment houses up and down the East Coast. On his yearly visit to Akramshar, his father looked on him kindly and beamed with pride. You're the son I can be proud of. You're smart.